So some people ask me, well, does it make any difference, Colin, to us personally if Christ died for our sins so that we're dead in him or reckoned as if we were dead and executed in him and not in ourselves, as if our human nature were uh, put to death in him but not in ourselves? What difference does it make to us? Well, it makes a great deal of difference, and let me explain why. First of all, let's uh, remember the texts we're looking at, Romans chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Now, don't worry about the baptism thing at the moment. Simply look at this. Paul is telling us that we died to sin. But we have already seen that that does not mean that we personally went through a slow, rigorous, or um, um, uh, gradual dying to every desire within us and every single thought and and, uh, every single action. It doesn't mean a perfectionism of the flesh by which we no longer have any desire for sin at all. There are some people who actually believe that, do you know, Um, that gradually you can get to a place of sanctification so that you don't feel sin anymore, so that if you prick a pin in yourself, you wouldn't feel it as it were. There are people who believe that, and uh, it's less likely that they believe it today because there isn't so much biblical emphasis in the uh, Christian church as there used to be. Uh, But uh, when you do get a biblical emphasis, you have wonderful good news, but you also have the potential of misunderstanding it, and that is what has happened in the past. So let's get to this then. Is there any difference? Does it make any difference? Well, look, let's recognize this. You and I carry about a heavy load. We've carried it about since our birth. We've only become aware of it, mind you, in our early days of youth and then our young adulthood, into adulthood and certainly into old age. We are aware that our sinful nature simply will not operate properly. It will not conform to God's image. It will not believe in God. Our humanity is naturally atheistic. Our humanity is naturally unbelieving and untrusting, so that when we let our God down, or when we let our faith down, if you like, we become unbelievers, or we become morose, or we become uh, complainers and doubters and uh, resentful people. You and I have uh, been, been very aware of how much our human nature drags us down very, very often. And if the truth were known, faith seems to operate only a few minutes a day, or maybe half the day, or a quarter of the day. That's being optimistic. Uh, we we get um, entangled in the affairs of the world, or family, or worry, or business, or anxiety, or health issues, relationship issues, loneliness, depression, addictions, and there we are. It seems as though our faith doesn't exist. And then we bounce back, because we know that Christ is our good uh, life, our righteousness, our atoning sacrifice for our sins. Well, can this kind of thing change somewhat? Yes, it can. 
The fact is that that guilt and shame and fear is part of our identity. It is part of what we are as human beings. We uh, act uh, in the world reactively. We react to what we feel people may think about us. We fear that they will think about us as silly people or stupid people or incompetent or um, dishonest or whatever it may be. And so we do a counter-reaction and try to look sincere and good and intelligent and honest. But all the time we're masking this guilt, shame and fear. We can keep it going for a while, for a week, for a month, for a year, for ten years, for two decades. But after a while it gets to us and we sink into this uh, despair of being fakes, hypocrites, unreal people. Now that is the effect of guilt, shame and fear. So what do you think we do with that guilt, shame and fear? Well, if we don't know what to do with it properly, then we will escape from it. And how do we escape? Well, right back into our behaviors that give us some kind of distraction or pleasure or delusional reality. So we uh, uh, therefore become more addicted or we become uh, uh, more um, de uh, delusional or we simply uh, try to keep busy so that we don't face ourselves. And all the time that that's going on, we are deepening this tendency to live within our sinful nature. Well, you say, Colin, how can we not live within our sinful nature? We are, we are part of it. That's part of us. That's how we were born. You are dead right. That is absolutely true. And that's the big sticking point, isn't it? How can we live beyond this? Can we live beyond it? There are those who talk about the new birth as if we could live beyond it, that somehow the new birth creates uh, a, new, a new state of life so different from the old that the sinful nature no longer exists. There are people who believe that, you know. I remember a, a woman years ago who told me I don't have a sinful nature anymore. I said, well, what gets you sinning then? She said, I don't have a sinful nature. Well, that is utterly delusional. It is um, a, a, a perception of reality that will make you mentally sick, emotionally sick. You are living in your sinful nature until Jesus Christ comes. And then he will change this immortal body into the immortal body, this corruptible body into incorruption, and then you can talk about your sinful nature as a past. But you say Paul talks about sinful nature as a past. He says you died to sin. Well, yes, that's right. And it is the greatest truth of we, that we know as Christians. The truth of the matter is that Christ took his judge, our judgment upon himself. He was the substitute for all humanity when he died on the cross, when he was executed for sin. He was executed for sin for us. Okay, you told us that yesterday, Colin, but what difference does it make? This is the difference. When you regularly affirm that truth by faith... In all the ups and downs, the vicissitudes of life, when you're frustrated and 
anxious and angry and resentful and defeated, and you affirm, dear God in heaven, I thank you that all that I feel right now is not the true me, because that sinful nature of mine is counted as if it were dead at the cross of Jesus Christ, and therefore I count myself as no longer that person. I count myself as resurrected with Jesus, as having been accounted righteous in him, and therefore I walk forward as if those feelings of mine were not really mine. Now, if you think that creates some kind of wacko spiritual Christian schizophrenia, you're mistaken. The schizophrenia of a, a wacko Christian is that uh, that ill mental health where the person tries to believe that he can um, supersede his sinful nature and or kill it by rigid psychological application so that one day he believes I've finally won and I'm not a proud man anymore and I don't have temptations anymore and I don't have sins anymore and I've arrived at the door of perfection. That is sicko. That's wacko. But what is the genuine then? It is to do as Paul did. You've heard me say this often. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Now, wait a minute. Paul wasn't at the cross. Well, he, he might have been. Who knows? But he wasn't on the cross with Jesus. He wasn't one of the, uh, the, the uh, sinners, the wicked men, the criminals that were crucified by the side of him. No, he is saying that in the representational sense, I am crucified with Christ in the sense that Jesus Christ was crucified on my behalf. He was executed under a judgment for my sins. So it is as if I went to the cross and not him. It is as if I went to the cross with him. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. So you see, he's talking, uh, the, the I that was crucified with Christ is the natural human uh, humanity, his sinful nature, his whole being. You are your sinful nature, you understand. And he's saying that it is as if I were crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. I'm still alive. I'm the same old uh, Paul. Yet, not I but Christ lives within me. So now he sees a new and a different person and identifies himself in a different way. That's what you and I need to learn. It is a faith learning. It's not simply an intellectual assent to an idea. It is the belief that God no longer charges my sinful nature against me. And if that is true, he no longer charges it against me because Christ my substitute and representative took that human nature of mine to the cross. If God no longer charges my sinful nature against me, nor should I. This is why when guilt and shame and fear begin to weigh you down, 
You need to assert before God, Father in heaven, that's not the true me anymore, and I do not accept it as the identity of who I am. For who I am is who I am in Christ. As Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So now, does this make a difference? Well, you bet it does. Because if you're living under the weight of guilt and shame and fear, it will create anxiety for a few weeks until you can't stand it anymore, and then it will create depression. You understand that anxiety, we can't live with that for for long, so what we do is suppress it, and then we just feel depressed. But by faith in Jesus, we lift up our hearts and say, Father in heaven, I thank you that the person I feel within myself, the person who is frustrated with fear and afraid uh, uh, that he is so guilty, Father, I thank you that that person has been taken by Jesus upon the cross. Therefore, I identify myself in him. And who is he? He is righteous, dear Lord. He is your son. You are well pleased with him. And therefore, when you tell him, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, it's as if you told that to me as well. Well, thank you for listening to my broadcast today. Colin Cook here. You can hear this broadcast any time of the day or night on your smartphone or other remote device. Simply download soundcloud.com or podbean.com and key in how it happens with Colin Cook when you get there. You can also hear the broadcast on the ri- <coughs> excuse me on the radio, 10 o'clock in the evening, repeated at 4 in the morning, on KLTT AM 670 in the Denver and Colorado and surrounding states. Would you consider a donation? I would so appreciate it. Please send your donations to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. Thanks so much. I do appreciate your help. It keeps the program going and all your little notes. Thank you so much. See you next time. Cheerio and God bless.